Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I am Crystal. I'm Philip Ellis. I'm Ryan Houlihan. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And today we are here to talk season, Angel Season 1, Episode 6, uh, Sense and Sensitivity. And um, we all kind of chatted a little before recording. This episode is quite the fucking clunker. <laughs> <laughs> Each one of you were like, why did you make me do this episode? And it is so, like, the, these early Season 1 episodes are like very rough. I would say watching this episode for this podcast was maybe the third time I've ever seen this episode. And like, Ryan, what did you think of the episode overall? (laughs) (laughs) I love the character of Cordelia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, it's, uh, it's tough. It's rough, tough stuff. But if if it wasn't for these low lows, we wouldn't have anything to contrast our high highs with. But I, I mean, what else can I, what else is there to really say? The, the police are bad and, um, (laughs) You can seriously tell an Irish person worked on this episode. <laughs> oh my god! It's like police officers are cool. Don't talk about your feelings. I'm gonna get violent at a drunken event. <laughs> and as oh Ryan Thomas Mulahan, let me just say, <laughs> we have never felt more represented on screen. <laughs> Ryan, uh, Philip, what did you think of this episode? Okay, so I've been making my way through season one again, just because obviously knowing that I'm going to be co-hosting some episodes so this is the second time i've had to watch this episode in as many weeks <laughs> thanks i hate it <laughs> uh it's, i mean yeah it's, it's basically everything that just uh, that, that ryan just said it's um what if we made fun of the fact that therapy helps people <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, what what if we centered cops and their feelings uh and uh, what if we had a charisma vacuum as the guest character this week <laughs> <laughs> that charisma vacuum is a perfect I, I, Okay, I, I just want to say straight off, I absolutely understand what they were going for with Kate, but this yes. is not it. it. They just missed, they missed it. They missed it. I will say it. this every time she comes up, that actress truly deserved another chance at the Buffyverse because <laughs> I have never seen someone who really fits in really as an actor with the landscape stick out so poorly in an otherwise like pretty good show. It's she just, she's on NYPD blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, before we get, okay, Crystal, what did you think of the episode? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I have to agree that it felt like if someone thought, you know, maybe, maybe PC culture has gone too far and maybe we need to do an, a backlash episode about that where, we just we just encourage people to stop talking about their feelings. That's that's what the '90s have taught us. People talk about their feelings too much. <laughs> yeah, typically I love a gimmick where you know there's a device that makes the characters all a little bit wacky, and you get to mm-hmm. see different sides of things. And so I don't mind that as a plot device. But yeah, I don't want to see a bunch of cops crying. It's just and and i and i have a similar problem to you Philip that i've had to do this twice now and um, <laughs> yeah it really it really sticks in my craw in the year 2022 <laughs> well i will say i appreciate all of your hard work here <laughs> putting yourselves subjecting yourselves to this fucking episode um yeah right because that's what i was going to say is like I enjoy a like, ooh, something like made everyone be wacky. Like I, I enjoy that as a plot device. And like Buffy did that often, right? Like, ooh, Willow mm-hmm. did a spell, it went wrong, and now wacky hijinks are ensuing. Mm-hmm. It's Sabrina stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I can usually get on board with that. It's just, ooh boy, is like the like like when Angel's running through like LA to get to the police station and we see like the cop being like, well, actually, uh, my feelings, you haven't thought about them. I was like, this is like a MAGA heaven of like, this is what liberals want. Like, I felt uh-huh. like. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I, I just realized what it is. It's an episode of Charmed. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I got a distinctly Charmed vibe when um when they played that silly, silly, like hijinks music. And then people were just trauma dumping. <laughs> trauma is not hijinks i'm so sorry whoever lied to men (laughs) oh my god okay so so the episode opens i'm just going to try and get us on track because otherwise it's going to be an hour and a half of us just ripping this to shit okay (laughs) 
So, okay, uh, the opening, uh, we open on Kate chasing down a suspect. And this, I did find this scene really interesting because I feel like we are being actively encouraged to draw parallels between Kate and Buffy. Yeah. The way it opens in a dark mm-hmm. alley. She's shown, this blonde woman is shown in silhouette. She's hunting down the bad guy. It's like she could be Buffy, but she wishes she was Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, also... I I was like, is this guy supposed to look like a low rent angel? Like it looked like she was chasing down like Angel's stunt double because he was like styled the way Angel's styled and even had his hair the same way. But then I was like, maybe it was just like it's early two thousands. That's how everyone that's was. All, that's how everyone looked. Yeah, yeah. Every every man has a leather duster, you know. Um. <laughs> so she gets him. He's not gonna talk, and she's like, there. The one cop is like, oh, I don't know. Did anyone get this guy to talk? And then we cut to Angel. And the thing is, I like, I almost like the idea here, right? Because Cordelia, Cordelia's really good in her few scenes in this episode. Like, she's, like, very good. And I like that, like, we get the budget here of, like, oh, he's killing this monster. But, like, we see some tentacles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. And, like, you know, when he's, like, what, what does he say? Like, oh, cut up the rest. I'm going to go whatever. Which, and- by the way, is it's completely different behavior than we saw from him in the last episode. Right. Like, Angel's a completely different person in this episode. He's, like, more of a dick. And he's not like this in the other. Like, yeah, he's not, like, lovey-dovey, but he's not, like, a dickhead. I don't he's know. He's thoughtful. Yeah. This subplot about Angel not having the time for manners it's, it's very much like, okay, we're going to put this in, so then it's like to contrast with him when he's like super emotional later on, but it's absolutely not in, in keeping with his character. I mean, I'm saying, all I'm going to say is he had enough patience for social niceties when he was grooming a teenage girl and going to a high school prom. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, he's moved to LA now, and now he goes and hangs out with tentacle porn monsters in, in yeah. underground nightclubs, so... <laughs> You're describing... So many men I know. <laughs> oh my god, such a top. We've all been to that club in Berlin. <laughs> We've all been turned away from that club in Berlin. <laughs> um, and I do, like, I like the Cordelia of it all. I mean, I'm going to say that every episode, because fucking duh. But, like, I like the, like, she's, like... Uh, what is she she's like you know oh he can't even say like thank you like he's just leaving us to do this and she just wants him to be like nicer to his friends a relatable queen i feel like this i could feel like i was like oh this is me i would be like this person's not thinking of my feelings while my friends being attacked by a tentacle monster behind me and i'm not noticing like <laughs> it's it's one of those moments that like this is the the first hint of what the show is going to be where it's like yes. it's much wackier and there's like weird you know lovecraftian monsters and there's like silly comedy with like you know random creature effects like that that's where the show's going and i like it um but then and then we get we get dragged back into this procedural nightmare of a of what the show is like basically like we sold it as a cop show so we have to give you a cop show really sorry about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe that is what happened it does feel like you know it, it, it they had some like network notes to introduce into the episode so there's a lot of scenes with little tony being like <laughs> hey oh my god the, the generic like italian and irish stereotypes in the first season and in this episode in particular as an italian irish american <laughs> let me just say i feel like everybody was called murphy or costello <laughs> <laughs> little tony's like i'm gonna have your necks broken <laughs> i'm <laughs> oh, we break legs. Oh. <laughs> and Tim Tim Minear, who wrote the episode, also said that he felt like upon revisiting it that the mobsters were just like soprano knockoffs, which is mm-hmm. very much like I put like in my notes, like the soprano drag everyone's doing. Like it's very ridiculous. Well, it's when like Angel and Doyle go to like interview one of them and he, he's on the cross trainer while he's talking to them. It's uh... very, it's very law and order. Like I'm, I'm sure at some point <laughs> they're going to interview somebody who's like loading boxes onto the back of a truck (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so we get um post credits we get cordelia and doyle walking into the office covered in goo and i do like cordelia's bit i love how bratty she is when she's like she sits down flipping through the magazine covered in like green goo and she's like "Mm, i'm not telling you anything you know jar jar binks is getting his own talk show and i wouldn't care i want you to ask how it went (laughs) (laughs) 
And an Angel says, so I'm a little reserved, doesn't mean I don't care. And I wrote that down because I was like, the number of straight men and even gay men who oh, say yeah. this as if it, then it makes it okay that they're not doing the work. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I kept feeling like, God, this is I'm Cordelia and these are like my friendships with a lot of men. Me being like, okay, but ask me something. Like, ask me about my feelings. <laughs> well, all I could think was like Cordelia, a woman out of time, needed some kind of like Gen Z teenager with like an iPhone and 20 minutes to come collect Angel so badly. Because at some point she was like, she w- he was like, I'm not a person. And I forgot, I'm paraphrasing, but she was like, okay. But if you want to be around people, maybe observe us a little. And it's like, yeah, she's the only person making any sense. Yeah, I wrote down her quote that she says is, uh, it's possible to brood and show a little interest in others. And like, she's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's very like, you know how everybody on TikTok is mentally ill? Right. And, um, yeah. I mean, I, I have There's a point. someone on TikTok, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, an extreme same. It's like basically... And this episode also does riff on like the way that everybody on Twitter and TikTok sort of uses their mental illness as a personality now. But it's the people who are depressed who use the depression as an excuse to then just like be dicks to their friends and not make any kind of effort. Right. This yeah. is Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That is 100%. And maybe that's the problem with this whole season overall is like no one really wants to spend time with Angel. Like as a character i i certainly don't particularly like oh, right? a broody alpha male like really does not tick any of my boxes yeah like cordelia is the one that like shines i feel like for all of us uh-huh. right it's like yes i uh-huh. want to spend more time with this character well what they needed yeah. i think was like okay so cor- clearly cordelia wants to be there because she wants the work she wants the safety she wants a connection to some kind of community she was very lonely in la like emotionally we have established why cordelia is there doyle is on a mission from whatever high up muckety muck you know what i mean like that's taken care of he's a new character we don't need it we really need more of angel wanting them around and getting benefits from being near them and like a connection to humanity and i understand that that's what the show is about but it it, we need more of a through line there of an impetus for him to like to, to to get lazy in friendships and have to get better like that would have made more sense but instead we're just given this like very unstable person who seems to have no sense of identity or like a connection with the people around him. Like I, I, if I were a therapist, I'd be like, you don't know who you are. <laughs> um, and this is a, an episode about therapy and it doesn't come to that conclusion. Essentially the conclusion it comes to is like fake it a little better and people will shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause the, sh- the show does this a lot, right? It, Cause then even Doyle says, considering the source, like it's undercutting what Cordelia is saying, but she's mm-hmm. again, right. Like, yeah, just be like, give a little, dude. Like, you know, just like, she just wants you to like, ask, you asked her to cut up fucking demon parts and separate them. Like, maybe ask her how that went. That's not crazy, right? And and Cordelia is also right later in the episode when they're completely in reverse positions, when he wants to talk about his feelings and she's like, now is not the time. Yes. Yes. And all the way through Buffy... It's like when it comes to reading the room and social cues and situations, Cordelia is the queen. She is the she is the most gifted person in the room. So just like yeah, and they're proving it once again. Yeah. I think what's interesting, Cordelia and Anya both have this weird thing where they give them characteristics of not understanding social cues and yet also having a complete mastery of social cues. Mm. And they yeah, yeah. They, they show this like to give them a dynamic sort of like push pull. But I think in reality, the characters that we're identifying and, and really understanding it is, and the reason we empathizing so heavy, I don't even know if it was intended, but like, I think that there are people who fully understand social cues, but also can put them in context and not care about them. Like they don't need to be liked. Cordelia is not trying to be liked by Angel. She's trying to make Angel more likable to be around because right. she's got to be around him. And that is, it gives her such a more, she's so much more layered and textured and i don't even know if they knew what they had on their hands with cordelia because she also should have been the solution to this whole episode and she isn't it's just like he snaps out of it for a second and then they get in a fight we'll get there but cordelia's characters should have been on the journey of like yeah i was right all along and that's not kind of the we don't get that it feels like the ending was kind of rewritten nobody learns a lesson about uh you know their feelings or communication mm-hmm. or friendship or anything <laughs> It just ends. <laughs> Kate learns that if she talks about things with her dad, it'll get worse, as Bad. usual. 
<laughs> Ryan, you and I should definitely relate to that. <laughs> it's, I, I feel like it's an episode all about like taking E. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's kind of like on the negative end of the of the spectrum. It's a bit judgmental. Don't do drugs, kids. They'll <laughs> make you. They'll make you say things you regret. And and you know, in reality, we know it's the exact opposite. It, it does evoke that kind of um, very special episode, like a bit like a beer bad in Buffy, mm-hmm. where you know uh, people face consequences. Like when Kate is sort of acting like a drunk white girl later in the episode, spinning around on the chair. It's very Buffy doing the spinning around on her chair kind of thing. Yeah. So then we get back into the generic procedural mob plot, and Kate and Angel meet up for some reason at the station. And okay, I'm very aware that this was made in like. 99 or two th- the year 2000 but all of kate and angel's scenes play out like they were filmed during covid and they were never actually in the same room together <laughs> <laughs> because it's literally like they're, they're not even making eye contact when they're on screen together it's just like it's it's a green screen situation like it's what that is scene from the good wife <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, it's that's really accurate philip because i always feel like they were trying to push us as like ooh, maybe they have chemistry but they have none right uh-huh. like mm-hmm. all right you're both hot so sure if you want to fuck but like definitely there's not a chemistry like i'm not like rooting for them it's like yeah all right whatever like the one thing i will say about kate is she is an age-appropriate love interest right <laughs> com- com- compared to the teenage girl he just fucked and then tried the to bar, kill. <laughs> the bar is on the floor, truly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she hires Angel. It feels also like, I don't know, I it doesn't... I can't decide if I think she's bad at her job or like just trying new things out and seeing what works because it feels like, why are you hiring this man? You barely know and... I don't, and then he doesn't even listen to her. He does fuck it up. Oh, but he does so wearing an adorable Hawaiian shirt. Oh, God. We need to get to the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, so she (laughs) hires him. We quickly learn that her, we meet her father, who's, like, this kind of, like, MAGA dad, who's like, I don't care if you come to my time. Don't make a big thing about it. And she's like, He's like, hi, dad. And he's like, actually, it's low. (laughs) 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 Hi, daddy. Who are you? (laughs) Hello, female. Like, it's, like, very, like. (laughs) He's like, oh, Um, it's my dyke daughter again. (laughs) uh, Jesus. That's basically his attitude. (laughs) Every time she walks on screen, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So then we meet, we we see Angel has already found the people, blah, blah, blah. He calls Kate to let her know he's found them. She specifically tells him not to interfere. Um, And then he immediately does. And what is he wearing, Crystal? (laughs) Well, I don't understand... This was when I was like, what is going on in this episode? It felt like I was suddenly watching The Mask and he had transformed into like a zany character. Like, where did he find that hat and shirt? And can he just summon out- outfits to like become any character? Like, I was like, did I forget a whole subplot of Angel where he had like a gem in the hologram cell transforming device? I like that Angel has like a drag trunk probably somewhere uh-huh. and it's got like like Bugs Bunny and he's always rifling through it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have a I have a headcanon about this uh, that I literally just came up with and it's um, Angel went out drinking with Doyle they fell into bed together. They don't talk about it, but Doyle <laughs> left some clothes at Angel's apartment. <laughs> they just got their demon on, okay? It doesn't, it's not gay if you're both demons. <laughs> it's not gay if you've got spikes coming out of your face, bro. <laughs> or into them. <laughs> <laughs> Doyle does, well, okay, yeah, actually, um, I wanted to point that out. Doyle, I like that, like, when when Cordelia earlier, when she's like, you know, you don't even point out my new shoes, and Angel's like, oh, well, men, and then Doyle walks in, he's like, I like your new shoes. <laughs> I was like, I did enjoy that. It's part of the great canon of Angel being either shamed for being homophobic or being incredibly gay. (laughs) And we get both of those this episode because, like, the only he doesn't want to fight until someone calls him gay and then he literally hulks out. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so this drag is ridiculous. And it's also like Angel doesn't it it just feels like a different character, right? Like Angel's like doing a bit. Why? And he only does it for like, he puts on all that outfit for like a three second bit that doesn't even like, 
it doesn't work. What did? How did it? How did it benefit the takedown? Like, right. What? So he could sidle up in a really, <laughs> really obvious way to be getting a boat to Catalina Island in the middle of the night. Like it made it made no sense. It felt like I was watching the Looney Tunes. Yeah, it would it, literally have made more sense for him to sidle up in the black leather duster right. and be like, uh-huh. "Hey guys, he would have fit in better." <laughs> and like, yeah, want to buy some drugs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just pretend that you're cruising the docks. Come uh-huh. on. <laughs> I, I, I feel like maybe because again, like this is really early in the season and they were very much clearly trying to push the detective angle maybe they were like oh angel's a super dark and serious character maybe like some levity would be that he has like a fun disguise box <laughs> just, I just it did feel like this was going to become a bit a few times in the early seasons where it was like angel's wacky wacky character <laughs> like in a few episodes time when he, he goes undercover in the nazi cult <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite character, Angel in a Hawaiian shirt with Nazis and police officers. <laughs> I will say, as I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, I forgot. They made a, like, of the, like, few Buffy figures, the Angel figures they put out, they made a figure of this Angel. Oh Fuck my off. god. No. <laughs> no. I, really? I was, like, I was like, oh, I forgot that's where the silly Hawaiian shirt Angel figure is from. <laughs> Wow, yeah. <laughs> I would be, I would believe it if that was like something that happened in the later seasons when the show has much more faith in its own sense of humor. I mean, right. Puppet Angel is what they really. If you're gonna do a funny, wacky cutaway right. transformation, make him a puppet or something. Right, that's when it like it. 100% you literally work. have magic powers. This kind of like I put on a silly shirt and voice stuff is what I expect from like Law and Order. Like it's not. It's just. It's a weird. They tried to make the show more mature and adult without understanding that people who liked Buffy are going to mature, become mature, and right. become adults. But they're not the mature adults that you're thinking of. They're the mature adults who buy Funko Pops. <laughs> right. Like it's not. It's not like you don't need to like mature into like this this isn't this yeah. is like ugh. just take a note out of star trek's page and 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 try to be a little more sophisticated and have themes about society rather right. than like yeah. culture you know or like rather know. than like high school is hell like sure yeah exactly like like, like h- high school cultural issues of like you know uh, fe- uh you know i'm growing up and i don't know who i am or my parents are hard on me those are like you evolve those into like the system is broken i have issues right. with authority and instead of going in that direction they were just like you know what adults deal with nazis <laughs> <laughs> nazis and pedophiles <laughs> god okay so uh then the uh the mobster man whose name i don't even know i'm sorry little tony um, little tony, <laughs> little tony. Uh, was so he gets arrested and then we meet his lawyer who is from wolfram and hart and my only note on this character is I'm really happy that this actor did not come back to permanently represent the law firm because I think he's aiming for creepy and he's landing on Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. It's full. <laughs> he's so gay. <laughs> yes. He was like, listen, okay. <laughs> he was like whispering into his phone with a lot of vocal fry. It was great. I'm going to get this guy who's going to curse them with feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it was these straight motherfuckers. Like. It, it, was, it was very that uh, the zesty photo that's been going viral of Dwight Eisenhower sat in front yes. of the American flag. <laughs> 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 okay, wait, I'm glad you explained that because I only saw the memes and I was like, who is this man sitting like this that is like being memed everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I, like you know how that happens where like you see the jokes but you didn't see like the original and I just kept seeing the jokes about it and I didn't know like what the fuck it's like oh, not me bombing Japan I do think this lawyer pops up once or twice more I think yes I think it's because because in my rewatch I've just got to the bit where Lila shows up and so much of it of like the Wolfram and Hart stuff in my mind is her Lila and oh god who's the other guy uh, Lindsay. 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 Lindsay yeah yeah, yeah. well they do a lot of like somebody pops by her office to be like hey they want you in conference room six and those will be old guest stars and i think they're just like testing out mm-hmm. who is good because they have the benefit of a giant law firm to like cycle through actors until they find someone that they like and like yeah. of course once you get uh the woman who played lila stephanie romanoff you're like oh yes keep her yeah totally mm-hmm. and since david boreanis was in a passionate sexual affair with the actor who played Lindsay. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I mean, no, yeah, no further comment. We all accept that. That we all know that happened. Listen, Christian Kane, if you want to come on the pod, the, I, I'm I'm extending my personal invitation. <laughs> uh, even Jason Sullivan, who is a, one of two of our like straight co-hosts, even said he couldn't wait to talk about the sexual tension between Angel and Lindsay because it's like Those so obvious. Two. <laughs> Those two, if they are not, I mean, I, 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 listen, I know what two tops can do together. I'm just not interested in seeing it, you know? <laughs> Good for them, but I don't want to see it. Uh, so we, then we, we, yeah, we meet the, his, we find his lawyers, a Wolfram and Hart lawyer. We cut back to like Cordelia being like, aren't you so, cause she does the, the cop investigation, blah, blah, blah. The Wolfram and Hart mm-hmm. lawyer talk circles around them. We cut to Cordelia being like, aren't you glad it's like a simple crime lord case that's like shut and done. And Angel is like, well, I don't think that it's done. My spidey senses be tingling. Right. And this is this is where she actually points out her shoes. Because then she's like, oh, your sensitivity, you're keenly aware of like evil, but not my new shoes. That's when he does the like, well, man. And Doyle's like, love your shoes. But Doyle also informs Angel he was right about the mobster, right? There's, like, something going on. Mm-hmm. I heard they've got something planned. And, like, right? That's kind of it. <laughs> there isn't, it's, like, it's, it's very, uh, Palpatine has somehow returned. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they meant to come back and, like, uh, fix that in when they were, like, doing revising the draft, and then they just forgot. <laughs> they got to shooting and they're like, that eh, doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, like on Real Housewives when they're like, I heard from the streets and it's like, oh, producers told you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we see Kate. She's coming to a bar. Um, the dad actually like congratulates her on getting this mobster. And then one of the cops is like, oh, we got sensitivity training because of what you did to the mobster. And her dad just says, in my day, we didn't need sensitivity. <laughs> Just like, God. As he's taking an actual shot by himself. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like... <laughs> it's very, uh... I just, I just don't understand, like, is it, are we supposed to be like, this man, he's the one that's right, <laughs> right? Like, is that the... Well, I, I think I said the episode doesn't really have a point of view because it's, it's not painting him as being in the right because he's so hurtful to Kate. Right. But then... When the people are talking about their feelings, it's played as so ludicrous and, and kind of silly. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's trying to have it both ways and it's having it neither. And it's setting her up for a lot of emotional vulnerability that I don't think that the character ever really gets a payoff mm-hmm. on. No. You know, they're they're like doing a lot of groundwork for a character that they just abandon or don't really ever know what to do with. They they really do just abandon. It's just like, well, she'll leave. They yeah. kept being like, hmm, more emotional backstory. That'll make people like her. Oh my god. <laughs> Dang, I just I just I just watched the other episode with her dad and it's even worse somehow. <laughs> I will say I thought that's what this episode was before I rewatched Me it. Too. I was, I, that's what I thought. I didn't realize her dad is in more than one I, episode. Hey, hey Ian, I would love to be talking about the Jeremy Renner episode, but we're <laughs> we're here and we're doing this. So <laughs> I, I remember when I got my um, my best friend Kevin when we were living together, I got him to start Angel and he got to the Jeremy Renner episode and texted me and was like, fuck you, this Jeremy Renner episode is so bad. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, fair. Okay. But so we, then we get, then we cut to like the sensitivity training and it's just, it's weirdly so brief for something that is like the whole plot, right? Yeah. And and it it, it also like, it's not like it sets things up where we would be seeing actual if you want to tell me what the dangers of actual sensitivity training is go ahead and try what we're not going to do is have you mischaracterize miss sensitivity training <laughs> until like some kind of talking stick circle where we're all like i was touched when i was you know 14 years old in my no no bathroom spot like you're like what <laughs> are we fucking bringing up on our little vampire television show yeah. it's like we launched directly into my dad never loved me because my mom died uh-huh. like although there is something for like an evil gay lawyer hires an evil gay sensitivity trainer to give you a magic (laughs) stick that gives you e (laughs) you know what crystal that plot i do like (laughs) Like, that rewrite i'm sold on that one honestly i did see that set in a precinct but it was a very different film (laughs) (laughs) and and so i mean like the thing is like i i was having um this was, this scene was quite triggering for me. So I, I, I mean, a bit of a tangent. I once was caught on a speed camera speeding three times in one day. And so I had to go to a road safety course workshop 
to keep my license. And this was what it felt like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Like we all had to sit down and explain that we all understood that it's bad that you speed and like that you could have hurt people. Um, so I, I understand like the whole, like, we all know that we're here because like we were doing something wrong. Can we just like skip to the end when we learned our lesson, please? Uh, but then we get this horrible like Yoda speech about how anger is really fear. Oh, my God. It, oh, it's just like, oh, because she sat there with her arms crossed and she's like, oh, I'm just like one of the guys. Um, and then and then five minutes later, she is, uh, you know, she has a single white claw and is crying about her father. But um... <laughs> Which, <laughs> okay. okay, relatable on that end. But... <laughs> but before, okay, before we get to her harrowing speech that I, I, I hate that I've had to watch it twice now. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Uh, so Kate invites Angel to her dad's retirement party, which I get is necessary from a plot perspective because he's our main character, but also... Why would she do that? Right. I thought. I also thought that made no sense, but then I thought it was because of the stick. Mm. Oh, ooh, maybe, yes. Because she's already, like, she's already starting to talk about, like, oh, it uh-huh. sounds like he's coming from a place of pain. Um, but also, it's, it's something that happens a lot in the first season, where, like, in the Possession episode, Angel just, like, won't leave this family alone. Um, and he, like, invites himself to, like, a bachelor party in the very next episode. And people all over L.A. must just be asking, who is this weird hanger-on who keeps showing up to our functions? <laughs> but he's hot, so we'll let him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the top in the leather jacket's here again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he has this Hawaiian shirt. Everybody leave the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think the Hawaiian shirt is like Angel's hanky coat? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, he is hot in season one. Like, Oh, my <sighs> God. It's like... Unbelievable! I, it's it's stupid how <laughs> Crystal. Do you care to weigh in on whether you think season one Angel's hot or not? I I mean, it was a deafening silence of agreement. Okay. <laughs> right, like I'm I'm not happy about it, but yeah, no, I wasn't into Angel when I first watched Buffy or this. It what he wasn't my type, and now I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. My my tastes have matured. <laughs> You're like, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. So yeah, I, I literally almost fill up that speech. I almost fast forwarded through it because I was like, oh, this is a, like just not fun to watch. Uh, and like, oh, and her dad, when he's like, oh, I thought she was going to lean the other way. I'm glad she brought a guy. And it's like, oh, that, that was the moment when this became the Buffyverse version of Scott's Tots for me, <laughs> where I was like, I don't know if I can get through the, this level of cringe. I don't know if I might like this might be a situation where I, I leave the room and it kind of keeps playing and I and I follow the plot points. It's it's really hard. And and. And I think especially they did a pretty good job in that episode of casting like Kate as the only woman who works in the entire police department. <laughs> and it makes it so much more uncomfortable because as you look around the crowd, it's like there's not a single friendly face mm-hmm. in the audience. Yeah. And like, granted, again, like, you know, has one white claw spirals. I can relate to that. Like, I really can. Um, and being like, you know, this is such a nice day for you and you were never nice to me and these are the times when I was felt attacked by your <laughs> actions. Like, I can see myself getting there, like, after a few uh, fireball shots. But it just, yeah, it was like, I don't know that she completely sold it either. And like... Yeah. Um, so I, I can't tell if it's intentionally supposed to be a really uncomfortably delivered speech right or if the acting is just not their chief yeah yes i totally agree i think there's actually a lot in that speech that could have worked like yes there were moments in it that were quite moving in imagining that character actually experiencing those things and and quite tragic but i think because i know nothing really ever comes of her story and all of this backstory is kind of pointless it just all feels a little bit cheap yeah especially like there's a lot of emotion and she is like crying crying Uh and yeah and then we just like don't there's nothing right it's like and that's the end of that that's it and and yeah it's she goes from uh standing up to crying so quickly (laughs) and it's just like that is a lot of emotion for safe yeah yeah (laughs) so then a fight breaks out because then half the police force also was there for the sensitivity training and like it's 
sensitivity training gone wild and my notes are just like lol kill me this is awful (laughs) (laughs) like how does being more i still don't understand this how does being more sensitive lead you to violence is like not i'm not clear on even what the metaphor here is like you get so emotional you attack people because it seems like every indication people were becoming more docile and more social have you met straight men (laughs) (laughs) also fair point (laughs) (laughs) not my choice (laughs) i i do i I think the the i mean and this is not in the writing but this is like my a a more generous reading is perhaps that the sensitivity training like removes your your guard and your inhibitions and you just become more of who, who your natural self would be if you weren't constantly having to suppress your emotions but yeah and yeah so like the, uh, some of the cops become very aggressive but then angel and kate because they're good people become much more kind of soft and mushy right um, mm. but again like that's not in the actual text i'm just sort of projecting yeah you're giving it more credit <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and like it, i guess it's like a monkey's paw situation but like ah, yeah mm. it just whatever i do i did get a kick out of like sense like feelingsy drunk kate when angel takes her back i was like okay this like anytime someone's like drunk or high or whatever like i get a kick out of that and when cordelia and Jordan are trying to get kate to stay put but she is every drunk girl who is determined determined yes. to call her ex at 3 a.m uh-huh. and, will not be, and she will not be stopped and she and has she's a gun. got a gun <laughs> <laughs> and like like we said earlier this uh, like cordelia is right because even cordelia like She wants to talk about feelings, but she knows this is annoying, right? It's like Cordelia's on it 100% throughout the episode because she's like, oh, right. Like, she's doing. Cordelia's like a crying girl in a tiny room needing to be talked down. I've got this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like, when Kate's like, you know, look at Doyle. What do you see? And she's like, a bad poly blend. Like, I love her. And she's like, I'm so glad we came down here to watch Late Night with Creepy Cop Lady. Um, Like, Cordelia is, like, immediately over Kate. I love it. She's able to contextualize Kate's behavior in a way that, like, Angel seems like, I don't, why is she acting? It's, like, not clicking. She's immediately like, oh, something's wrong with her. Nobody normal acts like that. All right, let me fix it. (laughs) And you're like, God, thank God for Cordelia. (laughs) So he tells them to stay, Cordelia and Doyle, to stay with Kate. But again, she has a gun. Um, He goes to this, like, castle where this man lives which ryan it was that the magic castle in la was that what that is the setting they used 100 percent that was the magic castle in la but also i like that when they went inside it was like a a, a vaguely like middle eastern vaguely medieval vaguely yeah. ren fair style altar and i just thought like does he worship the demon of sensitivity and then angel <laughs> asks him like, where, where do you get your power from? What's the source of your power? And he's like, many demons. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> like, demons like trauma or like existential dread? Like, or are we talking demons? It didn't get into specifics. It was just his it's magic. It's gay thing. shame, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that it's another plot point where like, that's it. Like, the guy says, I'm a polytheist. And then that's it. We don't see that man again. Nothing is no. done about it. <laughs> what does Angel do to that man? Right, we he just runs away, right? He just like goes to the police station then. We don't see like a conclusion. I'm telling on you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we see him like running through like we see Kate arrive at the police station to meet to see her dad. He's not there. All the cops are freaking out, blah blah blah. We see Angel like running through LA and that's like <sighs> Did I say this already? I can't remember if I said this already or if I said this before recording about what Tim Minier said about the episode. What? Um, oh, remind us, because I, I I can't remember. So, like, he said that, like, when he originally wrote this episode, it was just, like, what if cops became so sensitive they couldn't do their perform their jobs? And the quote is, but after discussing the idea with Joss Whedon, it became something far more interesting than what I had originally pitched. Instead of just super sensitive cops, you have people whose emotions are completely on the surface. But like, no, right? I No. It's no. still just what if cops are too sensitive and they couldn't perform their jobs, right? Because it's yeah. like it's not that they're just being super like super sensitive or like their emotions on the surface. They're acting like they're all drunk. Yeah. Like yeah. they're acting like just super incompetent and stupid. Again, which is why it's like it's it's the level of writing from like a, a mid-series episode of Charmed where it's like, yeah, this is this'll do. Yeah. 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 And so 
we get Angel running the room. We get all those stupid moments of like a cop being like, you're not thinking of the mugger's feelings and like telling like these car crash, these folks in a car crash about his feelings. Um, and I, I do, this scene is, I like the scene where Angel encounters Cordelia and um, Doyle. Because I, I do like that he's immediately like, oh, you guys need a hug and hugs them. And Cordelia, mm. Cordelia with a very Cordelia line is like, what is your damage? Just like, why the fuck is he hugging them? And it's like, he says they need a hug and it's the creepiest music ever <laughs> as he does it. And it's like, oh, so you, you, you're into emotions now, but not consent because you're just pulling them in. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I like David Boreanaz when he plays out of type. It seems yes. like he's having a lot of fun whenever mm-hmm. he gets a chance to do it. He probably It's probably really exhausting playing Angel. So it feels like he really relishes being goofy. Yes. He gets great in it. I think he gets, yeah. when they when they give him better goofy stuff to do, it really yeah. sings. But you can even see in this proto version that there's something there that's more fun than whatever mopey darkness that they felt they needed to inject. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we get like, they're like, we need to break in. And Angel's very like, this is... And, but I do like that she, Cordelia also immediately is like, you stink of whammy. He put the whammy on you. And Angel's like, he did. He had me hold the stick. I like that he just is like, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> but again, it's like, again, with the writing, it's like, so these people know they're under some kind of spell, but they don't care. Like, what is happening? Right. Yeah. So we're coming into the police station. Um, they've crossed town. We've seen all the, the, the police acting wacky and we come into the station where everything is you know that community gif where it's on fire and he's carrying pizzas <laughs> and then we we get that that wonderful just truly enlightened scene where they make fun of the idea that being in jail is bad for the people in jail so they let them all out and the world ends <laughs> <laughs> that that is that was like the especially heinous one right yeah. that was some tough stuff i was like they made a whole show about this called orange is the new black <laughs> Like, you, you really, you really, not on the pulse of the nation here, Angel. Um, I do like that when they break in, it's Cordelia that broke the window, because they're like, nice shot, now you have to go, Angel, and it's like, that's his turn to pull the, like, gated, the gate on the window. Um, and I like mm-hmm. their little bickering here, because again, Cordelia understands there's a time and a place, right? When he's like, you didn't say the magic word. And she's like, oh, and he's like, oh, isn't the magic word. (laughs) And I just, she's so good because it's like, she just wanted you to like acknowledge her feelings when like the time is correct. Not, this isn't what she was going for. (laughs) The closest thing we do get to a lesson in this episode is just like, she's always right. (laughs) (laughs) That really is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then I guess they, what they enter in the police station and like Mm -hmm. the mobsters have entered with the, it's, it feels like a very roundabout way to kill Kate. Right. Like, yeah, I don't, couldn't they just like, especially if like, okay, you have Wolfram and Hart on retainer, you know about supernatural shit. Just hire a fucking demon to kill her, right? Uh-huh. But also, <laughs> if you have the power to, like, summon demons and get their abilities or, like, whatever this we're supposed to guess that this bone guy is doing, the bone collector, <laughs> um, why not go for a more acute ability? <laughs> like, throw right. fireballs, like, make lightning. <laughs> like, you know, it just se- seems to me like it's a lot of work. Um, to make police crazy, and that doesn't seem like that would have taken. Well, that it was. Work. I think it was meant to be just so Tony could escape. Yeah. So it oh, wasn't about right. killing that's her. Right. They're just like, let's create some chaos, and then Tony can escape, which I guess kind of works. Yeah, that of. does work better than I was thinking because you're right. They do make a point of saying, "I create. I tried to create a door for you to walk through later." That's true. And I think like the killing Kate maybe was like an add on because he call it, he says the word bitch like a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, then this scene is ridiculous where like angels, like I see a lot of hurt here. And like, I just, it really felt like the like profiles where a man is like his avatar is like him and Ray-Bans with like the angle is like from underneath his chin, like him replying to any one of the four of our tweets being like, Ooh, you want to talk about feelings? Like that's really what it felt. like. (laughs) (laughs) And his bio is like, let's, or let's turn that pain bow into a rainbow or whatever it is. Angel (laughs) says at one point. (laughs) Uh, And I, I also was like, 
I didn't quite understand. Like, I guess Angel just like, they just use that this Ryan, right? He like snaps out of it for a second to like beat yeah, them up. Yeah, I don't know what that, at some point he's just like, I'm no longer not going to be violent. Which is like, <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, Angel. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. He was really beating on him all of a sudden for someone yeah. who really felt things deeply. It was like, suddenly he was giving zingy one-liners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kate does too. Kate's all of a sudden like fighting again. To, I, I, think, I don't know. I think they there just was... wanted to end it. It's like the end of a sketch that like, you know, on SNL where they don't know how to end them sometimes. <laughs> so then like a silly rabbit comes in and has a foghorn and you're like, okay, <laughs> this is a political scene, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> a silly rabbit with a foghorn. Um, I, I think there is like a moment when they say it will wear off. So I guess it's wearing okay. off. I don't know. I uh, guess. I, well, I thought that that was m- more clear at least th- by the time we get to the next day, because right. then the next day they're like acting like they have a hangover and everyone's right. embarrassed because they, it's it's post Christmas party drunken shenanigan vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Kate does say, "What does she say?" Like, "Oh, we're investigating the bar because we think someone spiked the punch," <laughs> which sounds exactly like the police—a sham investigation to pin their own behavior on local economy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I bet that police—I bet that bar owner isn't white. I'm gonna <laughs> jump in and say that. I felt like shouldn't Angel be like, "No, no, no, don't do that." That's like, yeah. no. no, Angel was like, "Yep, that's how LA works. Yeah. <laughs> no use fighting that evil. Better just go take on the like cataclysmic ones." So that we can change. <laughs> <laughs> um, her dad arrives, and Philip. How does that conversation go? <laughs> oh, it's it's fucking brutal. Um, so you it, you're, you're keyed up to think uh, that he has maybe learned a lesson about he needs to tell his daughter that he loves her, and instead he's like, "You are so embarrassing, and I'm just going to pretend this never happened for both our sakes, and let's never speak of it ever again. I still don't love you." <laughs> Imagine cringing your dad that hard. Right. <laughs> and then the credits roll and that's it. Like, oh, yeah. And the thing is, is that realistic to an Irish uh, police officer as someone with them <laughs> in their family? I can happily and unhappily tell you yes. <laughs> it's nice being right. It's nice, not nice living in it. However, <laughs> I can say, I, I think what, what undercuts this is that maybe Kate, we needed to see Kate learn something from this or yeah. move forward or whatever. We I don't expect that old man to change. I mean, they can, but I get narratively why he isn't. But Kate or Angel or even Cordelia, hell, I would take Doyle being like, man, these humans don't read social cues or whatever. <laughs> but we don't get anything. It's just bleak. Yeah. It's so weird that that's the end they the like beat they end on, right? Oh, that makes me really feel like the ending was reshuffled or something, but then I've never heard that and there's no other evidence to it, but it just feels very last minute and and it mm-hmm. makes me think that maybe this was not really a high priority script for them because it's a way of like reframing but being like I he clearly heard it out loud and was like, "Well, we definitely can't do that." But you know what we could do? <laughs> and it's the same stupid thing. And it I, I, it just feels like an episode where I wish the season had been one episode shorter than the this. <laughs> you know, I would have liked Kate more. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple episodes to try to cut out. Yeah, again, I don't find that this episode made me dislike her more. I kind of appreciate them trying to give her a backstory. It's just that they did it for no reason. Because I don't think that this storyline of her, like then her dad just dies. Right. And she's upset yeah. about it. And it's like, yeah. well, why? Yeah. I guess I get that it's complicated, but it, the whole storyline becomes her about her grief for her father. And really she hates her father. It's like kind of, it is a bit, which is it? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I mean, that's kind of how Kate is written for her entire yeah. run on the show. Yeah. Yeah. What are your motivations, Kate? Right. And that's like, that's why I don't like her because she's, I, it's, like you said, Ryan, she's not a bad actor. She's great, like whatever. And she could fit in, but they just like, I don't think they knew what they wanted to do with her character either. Like, I think they wanted, they wanted some good character and they had no idea. They wanted a not Buffy and they had no I- good ideas for a not Buffy. And so they like took a crack at it and they didn't have a ton of time. And they were like, we'll just find an actress who's likable and figure it out. And it could have worked. It just, I just don't think it did. <laughs> like, sometimes you wing it and it works, but I, I don't think that that's what happened. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. And I, I, yeah, it's like I said earlier, I absolutely understand what they were going for with Kate as, no, and not just as like a potential love interest, but like as a dramatic foil for Angel. You know, she, he's the, the, the private eye, she's the cop, and she 
sees the dark side of life in the big city she's hunting down criminals all day and they could have that kind of understanding and 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 the same schedule yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um but it's just yeah i don't know i don't know whether it was a chemistry thing i don't know if it was a, a writing thing but like they they go so hard on trying to make kate a thing in season one and i think also it's because outside of cordelia there are zero female characters the cast is so small they're trying to build out an ensemble um, and by the time they figure out that Kate isn't working, we've already squandered many episodes. But what, <laughs> what's crazy to me is that, like, I get bringing in the cop element, too, because there's so much to say about law enforcement, especially if you're a person who's trying to do good in the world. And, you know, Angel certainly is going to be in a world that has a lot of contact with law enforcement. And even metaphorically, there's so much ground there. And to have have his last love interest have her own authority and law enforcement issues where she clearly hates cops. It was established in early seasons of Buffy that like what their dynamic with law enforcement and the police is. And to then have somebody who believes fully in the police and believes fully in the system as a contrast would have been fun to play out even if I didn't agree with that character. If anything, it's more fascinating because we don't agree with that character. And then play it out over time and why law enforcement ultimately might be flawed and she maybe she learned something and Angel learn something but we don't get any of that because i think that they just seem so scared to either disagree with the police or they don't know what they want to say about the police or they were handed this topic and like it it, it seemed so well trod in media already that they were like let's just go with tropes because i don't really know what to do with it but it's all ultimately so wasteful and like again i don't think it's terrible it's not some unforgivable sin it just underscores how much better Angel could have been if it benefited from the time that Buffy had, I think. Yeah. And, like, Buffy spent a lot of time, like, like Principal Snyder, who, like, even says to Buffy, like, the Sunnydale police are highly incompetent. Like, and the cops are always trying to arrest Buffy, right? Like, And she keeps being told to try to, to go become law enforcement. Everyone's like, get a job as a cop. Yeah. The fucking the career test told her get a job as a cop. But, like, every experience she has with law enforcement goes sideways. You know, every real life experience in the real world goes bad. And so it's weird that they like are kind of afraid to do that. Yeah, it's it's very weird. And I feel like we have said this a lot in the six episodes of either we've recorded where it's like it shows it like is a very good showcase for how much better Angel gets. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally, 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 totally. I also think just Buffy had the benefit of like they that first season was really like a practice season. And you can tell that it that it, it was kind of made that way. And it's good that it was. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like i like yeah. that it had that yeah i think this is the fastest recording we've done so far just because like all of us were like yeah this episode yeah. Mm. <laughs> man cordelia she's fun to watch on tv <laughs> great shoes cordelia <laughs> I, I have one more thing i would just like to point out uh because it's gone unremarked upon okay Do- doyle is very hot in this episode yeah uh, when <laughs> When he kicks that guy in the face and takes his gun while wearing a sort of thong-like surfer necklace, mm. he, he said, a cab and happy pride. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Who, who's for bacon? <laughs> yes, everyone. I'm actually recording things in advance. We're recording this during June. Yeah, I, Doyle sometimes does it for me, sometimes doesn't. Um, I don't hate, I know you don't love them, Philip. I don't hate his jackets. I feel like they work well for him. I agree. It's it's a very of the time thing. And I think at the time when I was watching it, when I was much, much younger, I was into that fashion. And now it, it's it's abhorrent to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's totally oh, fair. Oh, don't worry. If I've learned anything, give it six months and whatever you hated, you'll love. <laughs> That's how fashion <laughs> oh, is at this point. <laughs> it's like Gen Z are thrifting that shit on TikTok as we speak. Oh, yeah. 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 I saw, I've seen 10 hipsters in leather dusters today. In London, <laughs> on Broadway Market, with a bandana. <laughs> Any Hawaiian uh, shirts? You keep us posted, uh, all right? <laughs> I know. I keep saying the like line I cannot cross is going back to very baggy jeans, but I'm like, maybe uh, give me a year or two, and maybe I will cross yeah. back into that. But I can't. <sighs> it's happening. Uh, I know. Um. All right, we are at the end. Favorite outfit, Philip. <laughs> The Y2K layering of Cordelia Chase. Yes! Yes! So it is, I just want to talk uh, listeners through, for anyone who hasn't seen this episode in a while, a white sweater over a pink crop top over a grey tank top with low-rise jeans. Iconic. (laughs) 
so good. Uh, uh, Crystal? Well, I was going to mention Doyle's other jacket, but we've just covered that. So I'm going to have to do as Cordelia wanted and just talk about her lovely orange camel shoe situation that they're really not very nice shoes but she really wanted some attention for them and you know what she's getting them from me <laughs> uh ryan i refuse to get to say angel's hawaiian shirt absolutely <laughs> flatly refuse so what i'm gonna go with is little tony's normcore icon aesthetic <laughs> <laughs> he is serving dad bod. He is serving Sopranos. I loved it. I said, slay mama. If you've got the money, spend it, you know? <laughs> and uh, can we just give an honorable shout out to the fact that Kate shows up to her father's retirement party in a slip? In a very oh, weird, totally. like, baby doll dress, right? I was like, you're going to fuck Angel on the bar? <laughs> 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 good for you girl like <laughs> yeah it's weird. such a weird and it doesn't feel like it fits the character either right no like why would she even own this was, was yeah. there a cut scene where she burst into tears at Nordstrom because <laughs> 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 then okay sure but yeah yeah totally <laughs> my dad never told me I was pretty <laughs> yeah she should have come dressed in like she should have come dressed in like a pink tutu fairy princess little girl outfit and been regressing <laughs> you know now Watch that me twirl, Daddy. That, <laughs> Ryan, that rewrite is a rewrite I want. Like it's like everyone regresses to like their childhood. That would have been amazing. Children with as police officers as some kind of like allegory for how we're all just big children and none of us should have guns or whatever or authority yeah. over each other. I would love to write that piece. That is not what we got. No. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go ahead and agree with Philip. I loved like I, I think Charisma Carpenter is so pretty, though. Like, sh she can pull off most things. Oh, you things. think? <laughs> I know that's, like, a wild notion, and no one's ever said that before. <laughs> but, like, the white, the, like, it's, like, a, like, sweater crop top, the white sweater, but then it's, like, on top of that pink. And it just, she looks great. So she good. looks great. And her hair it's looks so good. Her hair is just, like, gorgeous. It looks great. Were we doing extensions then? Were women doing extensions then? Because I don't believe that's a memory I have. And if not, then damn, girl, she took care of that shit. This was pre-Olaplex. I, I asked Summer Bischel that in episode five, and she said she thinks it is, like, just natural. Wow. I, I remember the promos for season one and season two before Charisma cut her hair. It's just this glorious, yeah. dark, wavy mane, and I, I actually mm. thought about watching this episode. I was like, "Damn, her hair looks so good." I wish, I like, it, like, Ugh. I wish my hair looked like that. Right? Yeah. Like, so I, much I, sheen. I want a wig of that to wear. A hundred percent. Um. All right. Favorite scene, Crystal. <laughs> oh, favorite scene. Um. Yeah. I, I guess it'll have to be like the bukkake tentacle porn <laughs> basement. <laughs> Uh, dungeon um, thing that really sparked a lot of the a journey that I'm still exploring the rest of my life. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, Ryan? My favorite scene is the uh, cut fan fiction scene where Doyle and Angel fuck and he left the Hawaiian shirt at his apartment. <laughs> uh, Philip? Um, I'm going to go with Kate being uh, my drunk girlfriend where I'm trying to get her to get in the Uber and she's like, no, no, I have a gun and I need to go and talk to my dad. <laughs> you know what? You're right. That that actually, that was the one time that in that episode that I genuinely cackled out loud when she was like, I just have this gun. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> like waving around, and I'm gonna blow your head off. I need to see my daddy. <laughs> it was good. It, they got me. You will tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> I was just gonna say me and drag at two a.m. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say that, Ryan. That's both of us drunk before one of the live shows, like hyping each other up. <laughs> You tell me I'm pretty, now I'll tell you you're pretty, and it'll be great. <laughs> um, my favorite scene is every scene with Cordelia in the episode, but especially uh, the opening when she's ranting about Angel not thinking about her feelings while Doyle's being choked. What grade do we give this episode, Philip? Um, oh, uh, C. I mean, it like I, 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 there's no point in trying to be kind. It's it's a dud with one or two funny moments. Um, <laughs> it's and 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 again, we're grading on a curve. It's I know that the the highest heights are coming. So yeah, C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan incomplete and we will see you at summer school <laughs> <laughs> uh crystal 
Yeah, we're getting like uh, we're 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 gonna have to go D. We're gonna have to go D. Even for season one, it's real bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I have D plus slash C. Uh, I was like, maybe the boys will convince me that it, I bring my grade up, but no, it's. I, I was worried I was being too harsh, but I'm glad it wasn't me. Um, I, I like, promise the listener I will be more generous. There is no episodes coming up where I will be meaner than this. I feel like <laughs> becoming the Simon Cowell of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate the three of you putting yourself through watching this episode for our recording. Oh, anytime, except don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> now, hopefully none of us will ever have to watch this episode again. Um, thank you all for listening to us crawl our way through covering this episode if you like slayer fest 98 you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube and anywhere else you get your podcasts if you want to support us on patreon we are currently going through harley quinn season two and what if season one we're almost done both um and any support is much appreciated if you want to follow us on social we are at slayer fest x 98 on all platforms if you want to follow me i'm at ian x carlos crystal where can everyone find you you can find me uh, at crystal we'll see you now on Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok. And Philip, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me in sensitivity training <laughs> and uh, at, on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis and on Instagram at Philip Ellis. And Ryan? You can find me at Ryan Houlihan on social. You can find uh, my other podcast about RuPaul's Drag Race uh, at Academy of Drag. And you can find my own drag stuff on YouTube under the name Aria Woman. And you can search her up or just look for Ryan Holhan and it's there. And I know it's a lot of things, but it just came out and I'm so proud of it. I did a podcast called Too Good to Be True with the Financial Diet about modern scams, con artists, and grifters. And it is phenomenal so if you like spooky scary monsters of the week that's a place to go all right guys well thank you for joining me and we'll see you next time bye Bye. thank you